Welcome to the Yakuza Kick Radio Hot Tag Podcast Company Wurstling Show. Isn't that how DJ says it? Uh, Wurstling Show? <laughs> yeah, so I'm your host, J-Cat Morris, and with me is my co-host, Shaheen. What's going on, man? What's going on, dude, man? Chilling. Chilling. Same chillin'. old shit. We're doing it uh, on a Saturday. Doing it on a Saturday. So uh, to avoid any audio issues and shit, so this should this should be a smooth sale for the for the mixler for the people listening through there. So, but uh, yo Jay, we had a we had a new concept that uh, you kind of came up with, or somebody tagged you in it, or I don't know what the case was, but um, basically we're gonna choose like fifteen wrestlers and uh, we're gonna choose which one we would prefer. So I think it'll be interesting. We'll get into it. We won't make it like boring. We'll we'll just say the name. You know, we'll break it yeah. down a little bit. Yeah, I saw it. Someone shared it or whatever, and it was like, you know, uh, forced me to choose a wrestler. I didn't like the, the term force. I felt like that was a little fucking weird. But, um, yeah, it was like, you know, make me choose a wrestler, you know, which one you kind of prefer or thinks better. I mean, it doesn't even have to be 100% thinks better. It's which one you would prefer. You know, you, you choose one of the two. So I thought it was pretty interesting, and I saw a lot of people going back and forth on Facebook with it, and I posted, and I got a pretty good response, and, you know, some people just wanted to go old school, some people deathmatch, some people, you know, just want to be funny. So I, I figure it's a pretty cool concept, and, uh, you know, pretty interesting. So I, uh, we'll see how it goes. All right, I'm ready when you are, man. Toss them my yeah, way, man. and I'll, uh, I'll choose which one. Okay, so you want me to do mine first? Yeah, yeah. All right. Nick Gage Masada. Um, overall, fuck, man, that's a tough one. God damn yeah. Start out with a tough one. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably going to have to go with Nick Gage, though. Um, as much as I love Masada, I think Gage, I mean, they're, they're equally as brutal in the ring, I would say. Um, but I think Gage probably, uh, he's been around longer. Um, even if it's by, you know, two, three years, whatever the case may be. But uh, just his catalog overall, I think, is just crazier, man. I mean, this is a man that died in the fucking helicopter, you know. And I think his story is just a little bit more interesting than uh, Masada. Um, obviously, Masada, you know, he's traveled Mexico and Japan and so forth. And uh, he's done great in fucking, you know, in, in the States for himself. But overall, if I had to choose one, I'd probably have to choose Nick Gage. Especially since he came back. I think I think he's been killing it recently, too. So, yeah, Nick Gage, yeah. Let's go with Gage. All right. Sure. Uh, so do you want me to keep going down my list and then you'll do your list? Yeah, yeah. I guess All right. if we flip-flop, it'll probably confuse people. Would you yeah, agree with Gage? Just out of curiosity because that's a tough one. Um, I would, and I think it's based off of intensity. Um, I think the intensity of Gage just, just makes him stand out. Um, yeah, Masada's great. I, you know, he's definitely one of my favorite dudes. He's one of the very few cats that are not falling into this uh, – this you know homo trend where everyone's gonna he's definitely not into that um but yeah i I don't know man like they're both super fucking badass in their own right um masada obviously spent a lot more time in japan so um yeah he's got that up on gauge and i mean i think overall like masada might have straight up accomplished a lot more because i mean the guy's legitimately been in the wwe you know um wrestled maven on uh sunday night heat um which you know not the biggest accomplishment in the world but you know he has been on the, the wwe he's been in ring of honor doing uh you know 450s off a cage yeah i mean Mas- masada's done some wild shit 
But um, yeah, I think just intensity wise, um, Gage just really brings this like unmatchable intensity where it, it just looks like he legitimately wants to fucking kill the guy and he can't wait to do it. You know, Masada's a lot more methodical, which there's nothing wrong with that. But um, I don't know. Gage just gets me more hyped for a match. Yeah, I think Gage definitely has more uh, energy when it comes to the ring. Right. And uh, Masada definitely has more psychology. You know, yeah. he's, he's big on psychology. If you listen to any of his interviews, you've interviewed him. I've interviewed him. You know, he's, he's big on psychology. Sure. And, uh, but overall, Gage, I think, is a little bit more exciting to watch. Although, uh, you know, you got to give it to Masada. He, he, had, he held the fucking CZW title for two years. I mean, that counts for something. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, Will Ospreay, Teddy Hart. Uh, definitely Teddy Hart. I would definitely say Teddy Hart. Um, Will Ospreay, like, dude, I'm big on high spots. I'm not a fucking, like, Jim Cornette type of guy. Like, I'm, I'm fine with the high spots being insane and just unbelievable but uh and i enjoyed the the ricochet and the will osprey match the first one but once mm-hmm. they started taking that match on tour it kind of just like ruined it for me because it was just like gymnastics after a while you know it was just guys just hopping over each other which is fine once in a while but when every single match of yours becomes that where it's just two guys basically just dancing in the ring you know it's uh, it's I don't want to say not for me because I'll watch it. It's not like I'm going to turn it off or anything. But I think Teddy Hart, I mean, dude, Jersey All-Pro fucking killed it over there. He was in WWE for a while, you know, Ring of Honor, you know, CZW for a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, JCW. He's, he's killed it everywhere. You know, say what you want about the guy. I'm not judging him off his, uh, you know, his his personal life. But uh, I would say Teddy Hart, man. I mean, if I had to choose one over the other. If I had, to, if they said for the rest of your life you can only watch, you know, either Teddy Hart matches or Will Osprey, I'd probably choose Teddy Hart. Yeah, um, Osprey, I mean, I think is way more athletically talented. Um, um, Teddy Hart, I think you got to give the edge to just because of the loose cannon side of him. Um, you know, you just never know what to expect out of him. Like he might just do some wild shoot shit. Like he. He, you know, he, he kind of brings that excitement to the card. Uh, he definitely loses points with the whole animal thing. Um, well, and but, rape, rape. Don't don't forget like five rape cases. Yeah, you can't like a guy for that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'd probably go with Teddy too. But like I said, Will Osprey to me is more exciting just wrestling wise. Which the whole rape thing, dude. I mean, it, it's I mean those charges got dropped. For, so for all I know, they could have just been making that up. But uh. When you have that kind of stigma around you, man, it kind of just, you know. Yeah. Once you don't know if it's factual or not, it still has that in the back of your head. I still, you know, can't. It's like the whole Necro thing, even though that was that was obviously like a fact. You know, the guy, you know, according <laughs> to you, just went on Facebook and fucking admitted it. Yeah. But, uh, with Teddy mm-hmm. Hart, it's still like, eh, you know, it kind of rubs you the wrong way. But, uh. Sure. Yeah. Um, June Kasai at Sushi Onita. Oh, dude, Onita. Onita. Yeah. I, I have to. I mean, Onita has Kasai done crazier shit? Sure. Onita, without Onita, there is no Kasai, I don't think. You know? Without Onita, there's not a lot of these guys. Hmm. To be honest with you. I mean, dude, without Onita, a lot of this shit in ECW wouldn't happen. Paul Lee has gone out there in interviews and openly said he copied FMW. He did a lot of the shit that FMW was doing. Sabu mm-hmm. was doing the table spots in FMW and fucking TWA. Um, I think without Onita, I mean, dude, there's not going to be a. Uh, as many no rope barbed wire matches, I can't say the exploding matches because you know we still don't get those. Uh, you know, last week, yeah. but uh, 
Onita, hands down. I think it'd be hard for me to put anybody over Onita when it comes to hardcore. Um, and again, not a, not a great wrestler, you know, not like an in ring technician or anything by any means. But dude, his psychology, the way he sold. I mean, dude, hands down, Onita is one of my favorite sellers ever. You watch yeah. this guy's fucking match, man. He sells a fucking loss for twenty five minutes after the match. You know, dude's mm-hmm. like crying. You know, there's like women fainting in the fucking audience. Like he's he's selling that shit, dude. He sells yeah. it for sure. Not Onita, hands down. Yeah, I know you're an Onita guy. Uh, I just figured I'd throw it out there because I'm a Jun Kasai guy. Like right. he's my favorite deathmatch guy. So I mean, I'm I'm going with Kasai just because. Um, I mean his his over the top presence to me is just crazy. And I know Onita, you know, originated so much and he laid the groundwork for guys. I I know that, but I mean, I'm just. I get more excited for like a Jun Kasai than I do for an Onita. But. Sure, I, I'd probably get more excited for Kasai when it comes to down, you know, when it comes to like an actual match, like whether right. you know who's gonna have a more exciting match nowadays. Probably Kasai, um, but overall, I'd be more excited to see Onita just because it's Onita, you know. But if we're going down just to, you know straight the, the, the in ring, um, I'd give it to Kasai. But Onita's hands down had more classic matches. I mean. Kasai, sure, I can name a bunch of crazy matches, but Onita, I mean, you can make a fucking best of with 15 discs, and, you know, it's all classics, you know, from Great Sasuke to Terry Funk to, you name it, Sabu, Sheik, Goto, Mike Awesome, if you're going for fucking days. Yeah. Um, Ric Flair, Masawa. Uh, this is a tough one, because they're completely different wrestlers. Uh, I would yeah. have to say Ric Flair, though. Um... I mean, it's you. I can't put Masao over Ric Flair as as much as crazy and stiff as Masao was. I mean, Flair's promos, his character, what he's accomplished. You know, there's not you can't name too many guys like that. Uh, hands down, Ric Flair for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I have a hard time with it. Masao was just so um, untouchable as far as like the stuff he did with Kawada, stuff he did with Kobashi. Like, I mean, just I mean, you you those matches still hold up like insanely you watch that today and it's like wow no one's doing anything close to this it's crazy uh, i'd probably go with masawa but i mean yeah i mean you put the total package together and the stuff that flair was doing just on the mic alone was just incredible so i it's it, it's incredibly tough but that's again that's part of why this this whole list thing is is kind of interesting because yeah, sure. you know it puts it on the uh, let's go. Let's go uh, in the other direction where these guys have nothing to do with the previous two wrestlers. Greg, excellent. Frankie Picard. Oh fuck. Uh, dislike the both of them very much. <laughs> I, I mean, I got. I gotta say, Greg, excellent though. I can't even name you a Greg, excellent match that I've probably enjoyed. But fuck. I mean, I'm not gonna say Frankie Picard. You know? like, Dojo Boys guy. Yeah. And you know, I'll, I'll give I'll give Excellent some credit. You know, like he's he's done some hardcore. He's taken some crazy bumps. You know, yeah. Um, I think the guy's been dedicated. It's just I'm just not into the comedy shit, man. I just can't get into it. But that four way he had with like uh, I think it was like Jonathan Gresham, Matt Tremont, and Joe Gacy. He was taking like cinder blocks. He was doing all kinds of crazy things. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll give the guy credit. I just it's just not my cup of tea. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, Greg Excellent on that. I don't like Frankie Picard at all. I uh, I just wanted to see how deep your hatred for Greg Excellent was. Yeah, it's it's not that deep to the point where uh, I would vote for Frankie Picard. But yeah, That's but good. but put Greg Excellent against like 
almost any CZW guy, and Greg is probably going to lose, though. Yeah, I, I didn't want to make it easy for him. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, this is a tough one. Uh, Nick Mondo, JC Bailey. Uh, sick Nick Mondo. Um, as much as people like JC Bailey, and I, I respect his work and his craft, uh, I was never a big JC Bailey fan. Mm. Um, I think even with Danny Havoc, you know, people love Danny Havoc. I'm, I'm still not too big on Danny. Um, love, love the stuff that he's. I mean, he's done some real crazy shit. Both of them. But uh, just overall, I mean, sick Nick Mondo. Um, that was like the first guy that I saw in CZW, really, other than Zandig. So, sick Nick always. Uh, yeah, I would, yeah, definitely sick Nick Mondo. He always has a place in, in deathmatch wrestling, even though he wrestled only for four or five years. Yeah. Um, he's a guy. He's, I mean, he's legendary, man. And, and so is JC. I'm not taking that away from him, but I, I don't yeah. think I can, I can say uh, JC over sick Nick Mondo. I loved Mondo, and I, I, you know, I got the chance to see a lot of his uh, legendary stuff as far as his his legend goes. I got the chance to see a lot of that live, but um, the more I saw JC, I gotta go with JC on this one just because um, I mean, the dude was young, young, and wound up in the finals, the King of the Death match against Pondo, and he took like a stun gun to the side of the cage, bump off the top of the cage, and like. I mean, he was really thrown into the fire, you know, with Ian just made it. That was like his his guy, you know what I mean? And he brought that kid up and and had him doing wild, wild shit. And I mean, JC was up for anything. So his selling ability always stood way, way out to me. That dude would scream like, you know, like it was fucking killing him when he was getting cut by something. Yeah. And this dude had ridiculous pain tolerance, barefoot matches all over the place. But. The fact that he would he would still treat it seriously and scream when a dude was carving him or something like that that always stood out to me as something that that mattered, you know. Um, you know the circus death match with uh, Pondo with that crazy fucking bumps off the scaffold into that net. Not the most technically sound match in the world. It was pretty much just climb bump climb bump. <laughs> um, but crazy, and then you. Huh? His dad's not a big fan of uh, Ian Rotten at all. Nah, he wasn't. Um, Didn't you have his dad on, on the show? Yeah, I did. Uh, you know, rest in peace to him as well. Um, but uh, he was a good dude. Um, you know, he he ran shows and stuff, so he he definitely had his opinions on a lot of things. But uh, but I mean, JC even you know going forward to his matches with like Sanjay and and shit, you know, like he had really good wrestling matches. I think he was an overall better wrestler than Nick Mondo was. So I think the combination of the the amount of crazy shit that he did on top of being a a good technical wrestler, um, I I go with Bailey on that. But I I love Mondo. Yeah, I think I think my main issue with a lot of these uh like early CZW IWA guys was um. The fact that they didn't look like wrestlers, you know, which worked for some people. Wow. Um, but like, As like opposed Dan- to now where Jimmy Lloyd is fucking. But, I mean, we, we we criticize him for that. It's not like I'm saying, like, Jimmy Lloyd looks great, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, a lot of those dudes, man, they look just like, like they were straight out of the crowd, you know. Like, JC looked like he was a crowd guy. He, I mean, skinny as hell, you know. Um, I don't know, man. But it works for some guys, you know. It works for some guys. Uh, like Danny Havoc when he first started, I wasn't a fan at, at all. Um, mm. Now I'm a fan. I'm not the biggest fan, but he looks a lot more like a wrestler now than he did with you know the the Jufro, you know. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm always. Um, just, I, I need wrestlers to look like wrestlers, which, which is why I like Schlack a lot because dude looks like a fucking wrestler, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he's legit. Um, Nakamura Okada. That's a tough one. I would say Nakamura though. I think I think Nakamura. Uh Okada's definitely having better matches than mm-hmm. Nakamura. I, I can never argue that. Um I think Okada and Omega, ironically enough, they're both, you know, in the same feud all the time. But those two guys I think are having the best matches out there right now. Um behind them probably AJ Styles. But I mean it's it's hard to say not Nakamura. I mean he's in the WWE right now. Right. Uh, he's absolutely killed it in New Japan. He killed it in Ring of Honor. The guy's been around for years. You know, he's he's not a new guy. And uh, granted, Okada's been around for a while, but he's he hasn't been around as long as Nakamura. I think Nakamura, um, he's already a legend in, in Japan. Okada will be a, a legend for sure, but mm-hmm. I think he's still in his in his prime prime. You know, like he's just found his himself. Now he's the most over he's ever been. Um, Nakamura, I think he's already found that for a couple years. Yeah, but, uh, I would I would give it to Nakamura overall. Yeah, I mean I'm gonna go with Nakamura. Okada I think is a better wrestler and and you know putting on better matches and and that type of thing. But the fact that Nakamura's charisma completely leaps the language barrier, like he's he's doing some things with his charisma that I don't know that a Japanese wrestler has been able to do that in the past. I mean. I mean, maybe you can name one, but uh, to come into the WWE and completely make the language barrier not an issue at all, just through charisma, that's that's tough. Yeah, that's that's actually a great point. I didn't even think about his charisma, but yeah, I can't I can't name another, not even a foreigner to be honest, not even just Japanese, any foreigner really that couldn't speak English that got over just through his charisma and the way he carried himself. Nah, I can't really name another one, but yeah, yeah. he's definitely he's. I, I hate I hate the word you know swag, but like he's he's got he's got his own swag, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he stands out, and it's not the whole Michael Jackson thing. I hate when people say that, you know? We're like, oh, he's just a Japanese Michael Jackson. Like, yeah, that's kind of yeah. He dresses like him, but that's not all it is. Not anybody can just do that. And most people pretending to be a Japanese Michael Jackson, they'd be like, oh, dude, this is fucking this is corny as shit. What is this? Yeah, you know? but he pulls it off, and that's because he's charismatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, Nakamura. Sure. Jay Briscoe, Mark Briscoe. Um, I would say Jay, but I, I always liked the way that Mark looked because he looks a lot crazier, mm-hmm. missing teeth, and he just he looks like a caveman, you know. Yeah, like Jay carries himself more like a redneck. Uh, Briscoe is, I mean, uh, Mark is more just like a fucking like you imagine this guy just jumping out of the jungle or something, you know? Like he looks like <laughs> yeah. a fucking. He looks like Tarzan in a, in a bad way, you know? Um, yeah. I would say Jay, though, just because he's accomplished more in wrestling. Um, in ring, I'd say they're basically the same for the most part to me. Um, but I think for sure, I mean, Jay is, is a bigger name. You haven't seen Mark Briscoe in the main events, but you've seen Jay doing them solo. Uh, so I'd say Jay, but I think Mark definitely gets it when it comes to the appearance. Uh I'll never forget. I saw them at um, the Extreme Rising show, right? Mm-hmm. They replaced. Uh, fuck, I can't. I can't remember who it was. I think it was the Gangsters. I I, I want to say it was the Gangsters, because it was Blackout and a cage match, and they were feuding with the Gangsters at the, at the time. Um, and I guess I don't know if they no showed or something happened with New Jack. Um, I don't know what happened, but uh, 
they brought in these guys, uh, Los Dramaticos. I guess there were some Mexican dude. Nobody knew who they were, but they, they were fine in the ring. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a kind of a letdown because then you're like, you know, I don't know these fucking dudes. And you just took away, like, New Jack and Mustafa and gave me these fucking guys. Yeah. And, uh, and this is, you know, obviously when they were Ring of Honor. Then these fucking guys came out and the place just went fucking wild. Yeah. You know? And uh, that, was, that was the first time I'd seen them live. And uh, on TV, I mean, they look fucking crazy. But when you see them live, you're like, oh, shit. Like, these dudes, these dudes are fucking out of their mind. And they were, this is when they were doing still, like, the crazy shit. You know, jumping off of cages and all that. They won't mm-hmm. do much of that anymore. But uh, Mark did a crazy dive almost into the crowd through a table. Like, just some real nutty shit. So, I always liked Mark more when it came to uh, appearance. But overall, Jay, I'd say. Yeah, I feel pretty much the same way. I think Jay's a better wrestler, actually, but um, Mark's definitely got the wilder gimmick, and the, you know he comes off with that, uh, you know, redneck kung fu shit. <laughs> like he, he, he's a wild dude. Um, but yeah, Jay, I've always preferred as a wrestler. Um, I mean, but I mean, as a team, I mean they're they're tremendous. But uh, yeah, I gotta go with Jay Briscoe. Um, Necro Butcher, Matt Tremont. Necro in his prime, of course. All all of these guys are in their prime. Okay. Wow, this is a fucking tough one. Um, I'm gonna say Matt Tremont. Um, if you asked me this question in 2016, I'd probably say Necro. I think this year Tremont's really stepped it up. I don't think Necro ever carried a company. You know, mm. I mean, you can say that about IWA. You know. He, there was other guys there, though, you know? It wasn't just him. I feel like Tremont's carried CZW for a couple years. Like, he was pretty much the only guy for me, other than, like, Janela when he, you know, was fully invested in CZW. Right. Um, I'm mm. going to say Tremont, though. And plus, I think Tremont is, is overall a better wrestler than uh, Necro. Necro is stiffer. He's fucking crazier, probably. Yeah. You know, like, the guy, like, just goes out there and has a bar fight for the most part. Um, yeah. But, I mean, Tremont, you can put this guy in Beyond Wrestling and have a match with Matt Riddle and fucking kill it. Uh, Necro Butcher, I can't I can't remember too many matches where he just wrestled. Sure, there was the ones with Loki and Samoa Joe, but those were, like, fights. It wasn't, like, actual, like, yeah. like wrestling matches. Like, you wouldn't see a, a, a Necro Butcher in PWG again, I should say. Um, well, sure, it was. Super Dragon. Well, I don't The whole thing was Super Dragon. But that was, like, stiff shit, though. He was doing, like, for the most part, like, just fights and, and hardcore stuff. Um, yeah. But, like, you would see a Matt Tremont just doing an actual wrestling match against a Zack Sabre Jr. I can, I can see that in Beyond, you know, and, and they pull it off. I think he's good enough to do that. Necro, I, I, I don't know. And plus the whole shit with his, you know, his wife. I know I shouldn't take that into consideration, but overall, no, I, I would no. say Tremont. I'm going wrestling because, I mean, I, I'm going to go with Necro, and I, I hate this fucking guy as a person. I mean, he, he beat the shit out of a woman. Um you know, and just just the drug and alcohol abuse and all of that stuff, and I'm just I'm just not into his whole his whole thing, um, and uh, you know, but I mean, when Necro was Necro, when he was the fucking you know crazy, still had hair, fucking running around barefoot, beating the shit out of people like males, um, he uh. I don't know, man. He was the biggest draw in CZW at, at a certain point. There was definitely where every month you were like, who's Necro fighting? Like, holy shit. And his fucking music hit every month when that fucking free bird hit. Or, uh, you know, die motherfucker still from uh, the Ghetto Boys. The fucking arena just blew up. I mean, it was like 
there couldn't have been a bigger star at the time that was coming through. The, and CCW had a good fucking roster too. And he was just like leaps and bounds above as far as over. Like the dude was just fucking worshipped. And uh, he, I mean, he definitely earned that. Definitely still one of my favorite matches of all time is him and Necro or him and uh, Joe, I should say. Um, yeah, it was a fight, it was whatever, but I mean, it, felt as legit as wrestling should feel you know when wrestling feels like it it's it's fake and staged and you, you can't even get away from that now these days with these hug fests and everyone loving each other before and after the match him and fucking joe fought like there was supposedly legitimate heat behind that with the jakara situation where necro took it out on some students and and it just it felt like you were watching a fight and that that's something that you know i I don't know that I've seen that from from Tremont. I've seen amazing, amazing fucking matches out of Tremont, but um, Necro kind of had the ability to make you think like it was a fight and like he might not care or like the other guy in the ring. Uh, Tremont's such a nice guy that I can never believe that that would even be a fact, <laughs> you know. Um, like when Justice Payne did the wrong thing and he just stomped the ever loving shit out of Justice Payne. Like he didn't care if Justice Payne died under his boot. Like yeah, he beat the he, shit out of him. <laughs> but, you know, there's that little bit of unpredictability that um, you know, I, I gotta give the edge to uh, Necro in his prime, despite the fact that I, I can't stand him outside of the ring. Um, but I mean, you said you said he was the biggest draw in CZW at the time, which I would agree with. But again, as you mentioned, they had a great roster at the time. Um. The reason and he was why I'm still giving, the guy. Yeah, but the know? reason why I'm giving, but there was other guys who were going to see the show for. You know what I mean? He wasn't like the only guy. For the most part, Tremont's been the guy in CCW for years. I mean, they're sure they have an AR Fox every now and then. Masato will come in for two months, leave for eight. Um, him and Janela were really the only ones. Leo Rush was there every three months or so. But he, for the most part, you had Greg Excellent. You had you know Joe Gacy. You had the Dub Boys. You know, yeah, you had, but. But is that easier or harder? I think that's easier. Not not to say that anything Matt Tremont has done has been easy, but I mean, if you got a weak roster and you're the fucking shit, I mean, that's easy to leap out of that crowd to be, you know, noticed as the guy. I mean, if you have a stacked roster and somehow you're still the guy, I mean, I think that's a little bit of a tougher task, no? Yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. I see you what you're saying. I Again, just, I'm not saying what Tremont's doing is easy. I mean, for fuck's sake, the dude is, you know to putting everything he's gotten more out there in the ring. And, and that's why people love him rightfully. So I do too, but, uh, you know, I think I'm still going to go with Tremont. Yeah. Uh, I don't blame me. I don't blame me for picking anyone uh, on these lists. Uh, Sammy Callahan, Adam Cole. I'm going to say Sammy for sure. Uh, I like Adam Cole a lot, but I, I wouldn't. I mean, this this is a pretty easy one for me. I definitely say Sammy. Adam Cole has accomplished more uh, when it comes to the indies. Um, obviously, you know, Sammy went to NXT for a little bit, but uh, Adam Cole, I think he, I think he's headed to NXT now. So I, I'm sure he's gonna have overall probably a bigger career than than a Sammy Callahan. But I think Sammy definitely you know has has had better matches than Adam Cole. Uh, better character, more intense personality. He almost brought that uh like gauge vibe for a little bit in a, in a, in a mm. different way you know but the energy he was fucking it was just a rush to watch this guy you know whether live or on tape or whatever the case may have been and he gets it out once in a while still you know but uh yeah. a lot of the hugging kind of kills it mm -hmm. but um yeah definitely sammy callahan 
And they've yeah, had good matches together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of this stuff, they have somewhat of a connection. A lot of these uh, things I lined up here with Adam, Cole, and uh, Sammy, you know, they, they had a feud. And But anyway, um, yeah, I got to go with Sammy. And, and it's Sammy based off of everything that I, I base my, my being a fan of Sammy is based off of old pre-WWE Sammy, where he was just vicious. He was ruthless. He, he had just like this savage type behavior and of course he respected adam cole but you would never fucking know that you would never know that because of the way that he he treated people in the ring and stuff i mean he shit on sabu like he fucking he treated sabu like a fucking jobber and that's what i liked about sammy he was vicious you don't think sammy respects sabu a fucking course he does but his character looked on the same level, and at that moment, he looked superior to Sabu. Like, Sabu couldn't even hang in the ring with him. And to me, that that sets somebody apart and makes you go, whoa, look at this fucking guy, you know? Dude, I would so. love to see Sammy and Nick Gage go at it today. Yeah, well, today it's different. Today, I mean, you get a lot of, you know, hugging and, oh, I love this guy. Not I've always Gage, loved this though. guy. Nah, you see that with Gage? I don't see them shaking hands and... You know, hugging and shit. I think I Gage would bring the old Sammy out. In I mean, in ring, they would beat the ever-loving shit out of each other. But at the end, they would get on the mic and have some form of mutual respect. They're not gonna. They're not gonna pretend like they're still hate or you know anything like that. There's no way they just fucking get out of the ring and nod at each other. There's no fucking way, especially in GCW. You're probably right. Um, unfortunately, um. Chris Dickinson, Matt Riddle. Ah. Fuck. This is actually, uh, it's funny you say that, because that, that was one of the ones that I wrote down for you. Oh, okay. Um, well, so that'll, that'll knock one out. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Matt Riddle. Chris Dickinson was uh, always like one of my favorites for the past few years on the indies. Love the guy's style. He's stiff. He's serious. You believe it. You know, um, he's not out there shaking hands and hugging and fucking holding babies and all kinds of shit. You know, Team Pazuzu, fucking demons. You know, like, yeah. I fuck with the guy. The guy's, you know, he's, he's crazy. But uh, I think Matt Riddle is just taking the indies up, you know, for the most part for the past, I guess, two years now. He's, he's on every card. Um, he can wrestle with anybody, has great matches with everybody. Him and Dickinson, in fact, killed it uh, probably a dozen times by now. And I think he has a he has a brighter future than a, than a Chris Dickinson. Nothing against Chris, but uh, I just I just I see a Matt Riddle going to WWE, and they're already interested in him. You know, it's a fact. He's put it out there that they've already reached out to him. The only reason you know he hasn't done it is because he likes smoking weed. So I mean, if that's if that's worth it to you, I guess I don't know, dude. But uh, yeah, Matt Riddle. It's like the Ricky Williams of wrestling. It's fucking crazy. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I put these guys together, too, because they have so many similarities, and I think the, the huge buzz that Riddle's getting now is kind of the same thing that Dickinson had going for him a couple years ago. Um, I'm still a Chris Dickinson guy. Um, I don't know. I, I just think, like, his promo ability and his, uh, his intensity goes a little, you know, more severe. I mean, Riddle's badass, but... He's got that, like, whoa, laid-back dude, like, Michelangelo Ninja Turtle type thing going on. Wow, dude. And, uh, I mean, it, you know, he could fucking go when it comes to the ring, but, like, character-wise, like, he doesn't grab me the same way. Like, Dickinson is 
you know, on, on some real rough shit, you know? So I, I, I go with Dickinson, but again, I mean, both of these guys can go. That's, that's why I felt like they were a good pairing. And so did you apparently. So, uh, it's, it's funny. Cause, uh, when I saw Matt Riddle at the game changer, not only does he talk, like a stoner, he even walks like one. You know, like when he, this dude was walking around, it looked silly. You know, he's like, he looked like he was completely out of it. it it's almost like if like Shaggy from Scooby Doo became a wrestler. That's Matt Riddle. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes like his is like his his lips get stuck up above his teeth. I don't know if he's got because yeah. he's got cotton mouth, but like he can't he shut does. his fucking lips. Like, yo, he's got chapped lips all the time too, man. I don't know why. <laughs> so that, that cotton mouth is fucking getting him. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I've man. noticed that. Too. I've been, you know, when I used to smoke and shit, I've had times like that where you couldn't get any fucking water, or you forgot like a drink and you smoked a blunt or something, and then you're like, oh fuck and like your your lips are sticking to your gums i feel like that he's got that all the time in promo pictures dude i haven't had cotton mouth for years it's weird yeah that's weird yeah we had a certain stuff. age and you started fucking hydrating like motherfuckers have drinks with them all the time i used to get you know used to get caught out there where like yell them get a sip of that or some shit you know those days are over Plus, I don't smoke weed anymore. So. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that with his uh with his mouth though, man. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like he's fucking dry all the time. Yeah. Uh, Joe Gacy, Jimmy Lloyd. Ooh. That's a, fun, <laughs> that's a tough one in a bad way. Yeah. Um, now or all together? Hey, it's it's prime, you know. Best best you could think of them. I guess it would be now because they're both in their prime, I guess. Oh, well, not Jimmy, but he's more in his prime now than he was previously. Mm. Um, I got to say Gacy, though. I mean, as much as I don't – I'm not a big fan of Gacy, but uh, I, I think if you asked me this question in like three years, I'd probably say Jimmy. I think Jimmy will probably have better matches. Um, mm. But for right now, I'm going to stick to Gacy. Yeah, um, I I mean, I'm going to go with Gacy without a question in the world. Um, the only thing I will disagree with is that Gacy's in his prime right now because I liked him before he started acting like a homo on Facebook. Um, well, I mean, in, in ring, though, he's in. Yeah, I know. But, like, I, I think, like, he's shitting on everything he puts out in the ring. Like, all the hard work and stuff that he puts out in the ring, I think he's doing himself injustice by what he's doing on the fucking internet so i i think he was in his prime more when he said less <laughs> you know um if we're you know if we're if we're including promos and pushing yourself and like that type of thing it, you know all inclusive i think what he's doing now online is is putting him not so much in his prime than he was before i like when he just fucking worked hard and and you know earn the respect he got which now it's it's just a little bit more difficult but uh yeah we'll talk about the gacy firing thing in a little while too but yeah i don't don't really like jimmy lloyd i think he looks like absolute shit he botches tons of things um he might get better at botching but i don't think he's gonna stop looking like shit and it's just it you know it's just accepted in this day of wrestling it's it's just okay for everybody to run around fat and gross and oh i'm not so into it well let me ask you this because yeah. I mean, you're you're a fan of Tremont, obviously. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tremont's not in good shape. Yeah, that upset me too. Because when he first came, when he first came into CZW, he jumped the fucking guardrail, attacked Pinky Sanchez. Dude was like a hundred pounds lighter than he is now. I, I I don't 
I don't know what happens. I have no idea what happens. I don't know if it's, I can't, I can't imagine if it's just easier to take the, the, the bumps and shit. If you have a little more cushioning, if there's any design to it, I don't know. I don't know how you ask a guy like, so what's up with all the fat? Like, I mean, it's just, you know, it's not like, like something someone's going to go, well, you know, I decided, uh, this is, this is the better route. I mean, generally it's not by design. So, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I wasn't a fan of that either. Cause I think he would have been more mobile. He would have been able to do more actual wrestling in the ring. He was doing, you know, running sit out power bombs when he first came out. Obviously he tailored his style to be able to do everything he needed to do to become, you know, one of the very, very best deathmatch wrestlers in the world. But yeah, I mean, I would have loved to see the guy stay in a little better shape and even, even in improve in shape i mean it's i don't know i i guess somewhat nature of the indies i know um nick mondo had said something at some point um on one of the interviews that he did somewhere a shoot interview or something and i thought it was pretty interesting that um i never thought about it but deathmatch wrestlers have a harder time going into the gym because when you're cut up and shit you know if you if you got like some deep wounds all over yourself and then you start exerting yourself those are going to start bleeding again so it's a little less acceptable to go into a gym with a bunch of fresh wounds and stuff. And next thing you know, like, you know, that that wound on your forehead you just sliced open the other day is now going to start pouring blood down your face. Like, that's not acceptable in a gym. No, like that guy's bleeding profusely over there on the fucking, you know, on the, on the bench. Like, what, what, what's going on? And, uh yeah, I, I thought that was one of the most interesting I ever things I ever heard, and it made a lot of sense, and I was like, oh, shit. I mean, I guess if people have their home gyms and whatever, you can towel off whatever, but, like, in public, training is not so easy because, you know, a lot of shit that's freshly closed is going to start opening back up. I know, you know, like, when I had my fucking big-ass slice on my arm from, uh, CZW professionalism. I, uh, you know, I couldn't just fucking work arms <laughs> any, anytime soon after, like, you know, would have busted that shit open. Uh, same thing with, you know, when I busted my head a couple of weeks ago, I couldn't just go crazy cause the, you know, it would start fucking oozing. So yeah, I don't know if that has any, you know, contributing factors to it. I don't know at any point that Tremont was like a gym rat or anything, but, uh, you know, it does make it a little harder for you to really train physically that way. So, I don't know. Let me ask you this, because yeah. uh, I've I've seen you post on like you know videos or pictures where you're you're training at home with things that you find around the house. You, you can get creative. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, if you're dedicated enough and you want it, I, I don't buy the whole you know I'm scarred so I can't go to the gym thing. I think you can still do something at home. You know, at least you know cardio, cardio like you can run around and burn the fat. <laughs> That's got nothing to do with lifting. Right. You know, yeah, but I mean, no, a lot I, of these, a lot of these wrestlers, I think it works for them. Like Matt Tremont, I like the fatter Tremont. It worked, but then again, I like fat bleeders. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it works for me. You know, like I, I don't really need Jimmy Lloyd to lose weight. He's, I don't fucking weigh, dude. I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's kind of why he's fat because uh, there's enough people okay with it. Yeah, that, I mean, I guess. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a lot easier to be fat than it is to not be fat. That's true. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's, there's a lot of harder work and hard work and dedication and cardio even for people who are in the gym for the most part is like a boring like oh i gotta do cardio so you know people who don't want to it's it's a pretty easy thing i mean yeah i mean he was never in like great shape or anything jimmy you know but he's definitely got a, a lot fatter than he used to be yeah he's just getting increasingly fatter as he 
spends more time in the entertainment business, which is bizarre to me, but I don't Marcus Crane, Danny Havoc. Fuck. Uh, If I had seen more of Marcus Crane, I'd say Marcus Crane. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've probably only watched like maybe 10, 15 matches of his that I would prefer over a Danny Havoc match. But uh, I've probably watched like 100 Danny Havoc matches, so... Danny Havoc, I mean, actually, he's, he's going to get it. I'm more familiar with uh, Danny Havoc's work. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, in a few years, I can definitely see myself liking Marcus Crane more. Cause, I mean, he's fucking crazier. He is. He, he's the craziest guy out there, man. Anybody that's taking hand saws, I'm sorry, dude. You're fucking you're nuts, you know? And yeah. I told you, dude, that last show, man, oh, fuck. Yo, ate all of that shit, dude. Like, didn't miss a fucking saw, you know? Yeah, Back I haven't gotten a chance to see that, that yet. Man, it's fucking crazy. You know, normal people uh, don't do that shit, man. Yeah, I mean, he's he's doing, you know, Takeda Kasai level crazy shit now. Um, Again, Danny Havoc has been around longer, has been doing a lot, you know, more crazy shit. And like I said, Danny Havoc's early stuff, just getting smashed by DJ's green ass every month it, with DJ wearing a fucking garbage bag. Um, I mean, he I I never seen anything like that you know when he was strapped to the fucking stretcher and dj just threw him over the top rope to the concrete floor i was like oh he's fucking dead I, that that's the last we'll see that kid like it's that's he's fucking over i mean it shit like that man um yeah it's it's danny havoc all day for me the only problem i've always had with danny is like the opposite of anyone with a lot of charisma like he just he he pretty much seems like he could give a fuck less on whether he's out there or not like he he shrugs on the way to the ring like oh, all right i guess we'll do i guess we'll do this crazy shit <laughs> like he's nuts he's fucking one of the best out there he really is but he's never had like a let's fucking go kind of you know attitude going to the ring yeah, he's never been fully invested in it <laughs> no it's 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 always been kind of strange and i guess that is his character in in itself but it's always bothered me. Like, can you stop with the shrugging? <laughs> like, I know that this is no big deal to you, but let's pretend. Yeah, he's, he's a bad motherfucker. But, uh, yeah, I'll go with Danny Havoc off of everything he's done. Because Marcus Crane's young. And I, I don't know that he lasts that long in the business if he continues to do exactly what he's doing. I don't know. So, yeah. Um, David Starr, Shane Strickland. Uh, David Starr. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not a big Strickland fan. Um, and even if I was setting aside my dislike for the guy, I think David Starr has probably had uh, more matches that I've enjoyed. Um, Strickland, I don't know, man. Lately, he's gotten a lot better. I wasn't a fan of his like four years ago. Definitely not, you know. I mm-hmm. couldn't fucking stand the guy when he had short hair. Um, but yeah, I'm going to say David Starr overall. I go with Strickland. Uh, I never had that dislike of uh, Strickland that you had. So, I, but I, I do have a lot of uh, dislike for uh, David Starr's personality. Um, you know, the so I, I kind of fall on the other side of that. You know, because he just he acts like a cornball a lot of times, and the over the top hugging, kissing, love fest shit is is really 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 not cool to me um it's honestly and you know people use the kill the business thing i think it it should be looked at a little bit more 
um, personally and specifically than just like the business is going to end because of this. No, no, no. If it makes me not want to watch anything involved in the business, that to me is killing the business. You know what I mean? It's killing it for me. You know, if it kills it for 10 fans or this fan or that fan doesn't want to watch because of how corny and over the top and how you have to hug and 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 say that Sammy Callahan is totes the cutest is is a legitimate quote that he posted on fucking Twitter. Like shit like that makes me never, ever want to watch one of his matches. I don't give a fuck if he's wrestling. Uh, Masawa and Ric Flair in a fucking three-way with Masawa resurrected. I, I, it makes me want to not watch that shit. It, it just, it, it makes me never want to watch wrestling again. So, yeah, I, I don't give a fuck how funny you think that is, but it makes me never want to watch wrestling again. So, uh... That's almost as bad as, as Leo Rush wanted to be inside of Japan. Yeah. Or Japan yeah. being inside of him. Or yeah, I don't know what kind of, what kind of shit, man. It, it's fucking bizarre, and it's just that type of thing. And then, like, he'll go on these, like, uptight fucking ridiculous arguments with people on why that's okay and there's nothing wrong with it and how we have the wrong mentality for even having a problem with that. It just makes me fucking amazingly sick. Like, it just it makes me want to just delete every wrestler off my Facebook and be like, all right, let's just talk about something else. I'll just fucking, I'll, I'll just get a whole new community of friends. <laughs> just fuck, fuck the wrestling circle all together. Like it really just turns me off so fucking much from wrestling. So, uh, for that reason alone, I'm going Shane Strickland. Um, <laughs> David Starr is a great wrestler, but like I said, it, it doesn't even matter how good of a wrestler he is a- after that type of shit hits the fucking internet. Yeah. So. Don't, don't worry, man. Shane, uh, Shane Strickland, he'll get ruined for you in a couple weeks. He'll probably have some, uh, pictures with Sammy Callahan in his bed and it'll have some hashtags and all that. You'll, you'll get that in a couple He's close with that group and stuff, but and he he's done a couple, you know, a little bit of questionable things with the JML group. Um, but uh, not nothing anywhere near like Sammy Callahan laying in the in the water at the beach <laughs> with fucking um, spooning Dave Christ. Not nothing nothing quite that level. Hence why I fucking I I only try to um, think of the old Sammy Callahan that. That didn't give a fuck about Sabu's life. Not the one that spoons Dave Crist on the fucking beach. You know? With the fucking waves crashing over their bodies. Like, that that's that's the one that makes me want to delete every fucking uh, wrestler off my fucking internet. <laughs> that, that's... Yeah. Yeah, a little bit different. So, um... And then, uh, I got... The last one is, uh, Phoenix and Ricochet. I think Phoenix is having probably more exciting matches than Ricochet right now. Just because mm-hmm. I, I feel like Ricochet, once you've seen one match, you've seen all of his matches for the next two years until he does some new shit. Um, Phoenix is constantly just, just impressing me. And yeah. Ricochet, I mean, I've, I've seen him long enough where uh, I'm kind of getting tired of the guy now. It's, it's not the same as I would, I would be seeing Ricochet three years ago, four years ago. Right. Um, I'm going to say Phoenix now. 
Yeah, I feel like you were making no points that made me think you were picking Ricochet. You're like, I'm going to go with Ricochet. And it's like, if you've seen one Ricochet match, you've seen all of them. And it's like, wait, what? who are you yeah, picking? Yeah, I, I think I'm going I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Phoenix. Yeah, I'll go with Phoenix, too. Um, The way that um Shane Strickland had bothered you with his smile, Ricochet has always bothered me with his smile. Um, <laughs> See? See? Yeah, it like, it, it's not... I don't see the Shane Strickland smile that bothers you quite so much, but with Ricochet, like he almost has like, I don't know, like, like a retard with the TV on smile sometimes. Like, it's just like, he's just, just happy to be there, you know? And and like, I don't know. Yeah. He, um, tremendous wrestler, absolutely tremendous wrestler and seeing him come from what he was, which was like a big Afro kid with giant teeth that was smiling like that all the time. I don't know if he had his teeth shaved down, but they don't look as big maybe because he got bigger and grew into his teeth or something. He grew into his teeth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I'm telling you, if you look at the old matches where he was doing the uh, the double moonsault and shit and he would just go everywhere with Chuck Taylor, uh, yeah, he, he looked fucking bizarre. He's uh, so skinny. I can't even believe that's the same Ricochet. I know. Yeah, he, he's a million times better. And I, I don't I don't like hate Ricochet or really dislike him or anything, but the smile always did bother me. But um, Phoenix, I, he might even be smiling like that. And because of the mask, it doesn't bother me. So um, and, you know, it might just be because he's doing new shit and it's right now or it's whatever. But I'm, I'm just going with Phoenix. All right. Well, my first one for you is uh, low key or homicide. Um. Homicide, what is that? Is that coming through the thing? Crazy ass sound. No, it stopped. All right. Um, homicide, I've always been real close with, uh, you know, uh, personal wise, you know, always been real cool with the dude, chatting with the dude all the time. Um, wrestling wise, I got to go with low key. Um, I'm a huge, huge low key fan, always have been. And, um, you know, he's, he's one of those dudes that, you see him on the card or, or you know that he's on the card and you're like, who's he fighting? Who's he fighting? Who's he fighting? And I, I automatically just get like a somewhat of an excitement for who Loki is going to go up against. Like when it was like Sammy Callahan was on that fucking tear and he was just brutal and vicious. And then it was like Sammy Loki and it was like, Oh fuck. You know what I mean? Like that's going to be, and Loki knocked them the fuck out, <laughs> like legitimately knocked them the fuck out. Um, yeah, Loki's one of those dudes that, like, if you see the baddest motherfucker around, like, I want to see Loki fight him. Like, I want to see Loki Matt Riddle, you know? I mean, you know, shit like that, I want to see. Like, when Dickinson and Loki squared off, that was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, Loki is one of those dudes that you could put his name against somebody on a card and it gets my attention immediately. Yeah, I remember uh, I took a bunch of my buddies uh, with their girlfriends, and they, they didn't know anything about wrestling. Uh, I took them to that Jersey All-Pro show. And, um, dude, they fucking popped big for that uh, Dickinson and, and low-key match because it was relatable. They were like, oh, shit, this is like almost like a fight, you know? Yeah. Just beating the shit. You don't, you don't need to understand wrestling for it. This is just two dudes fucking killing each other. Yeah, and it's the, the, the number one thing that gets me as far as wrestling and wrestlers and, and the thing that gets my attention is, is – uh, is intensity 
And that's, you know, the same reason why I said with um, with Gage, you know, he got my vote there because it's the intensity. Loki always, always had that fucking intensity. Back in the day when I was a kid, my fucking guy was the ultimate warrior. Fucking intensity. He might not have been Dean Malenko. He might not have been, you know, fucking Bret Hart or, you know, technical wizard. But the fucking intensity jumped off the screen at you. Schlack now. Fucking intensity, you know. Uh, I, w- I would have to say Homicide, though, just because of, uh, once again, his catalog. I mean, Homicide is the guy that trained low-key. Oh, yeah. And, um, Taking nothing away from him. Yeah, I-, I think I would have to go with Homicide just because he's, he's had a bigger career. Even though he's never gone to NXT or anything like, you know, low-key, but he-, he did make a name for himself in LAX. You know, he traveled to Puerto Rico, and he's been around since, like, fucking, like, mid-90s, dude. <laughs> Dude's been around forever. Um, I didn't realize he was, like, doing like matches in puerto rico in like 93 and he was under some like silly like demon gimmick where he would paint himself up or something i don't know but, yeah, homicide's a man i mean yeah, no question that yeah it's been around for a while but uh next one zandig or nick gage um someone asked me the same one online earlier and it's like if Zandig's a tough one and Ian's a tough one. And the, the reason being, uh, you know, if it's everything contributed, you got to go with John Zandig. Everything he brought to the table as far as what he, he brought CCW to the table. You know, like you kind of say with Onita, if there wasn't for this, there wasn't for that. If there wasn't for CCW, where would there be a Nick Gage? You know, it came out of the mind of John Zandig doing what he was doing. And, you know, Gage was there on the, the opening, you know, the opening show and one of the building blocks of that company becoming what it was. But John Zandig really made CZW, CZW all over those years. Um, Gage being one of the stars. But for that reason, I would go with Zandig. If we're talking just straight up wrestling, then it's Nick Gage. Yeah, I think that's well put. I definitely agree 100%. Um, Hit Squad or the Backseat Boys? Uh, I got to go with the Backseat Boys. Uh, Trent, I mean, he he had such a command of... uh, the ring and and the crowd um he was really able to bring people up bring them down he would stall he'd fucking walk around the ring for fucking 20 minutes if he wanted to during that 20 minutes he's grabbing dollars from chicks he's getting the guys wanting to fucking murder him and by the middle of that fucking match everyone's popping he he really had the crowd in the palm of their hand uh the the hit squad are uh, killers you know they're they're just monsters they are legendary monstrous tag team on the indies and um that that was always their role you know there there wasn't too many other you know variations of that but like i've seen face i've seen heel backseat boys um the hit squad i think kind of do the same on either side of things you know maybe they're a little meaner to their opponents if they're heels and you know telling the crowd to fuck themselves but um yeah, I got to go with the back seats for that reason. Um, I, you know, I also think, you know, you've seen you've seen a lot of uh, recreations of the hit squad and, and variations of them. And, uh, you know, other others try to imitate. But even beyond that, I you know, you, you get Dan Moff and somebody. I think they're aren't they doing that in TNA or something? Dan yeah. Moff. Is, yeah, Dan Moff is in uh, TNA apparently, I think. He did the Global Force shows over the weekend. Um so I guess I guess he's part of the company now. Okay, but yeah, I mean I, I love the hit squad and everything. The back seats uh, to me were were something way way different, and um, yeah, I gotta go with them. 
See, I got, I got to disagree. I got to go with the hit squad, man. I think uh, longevity, intensity, um, just overall, man, the, the wall spots alone. <laughs> fucking just tossing people into walls, you know. And uh, I, I've just overall had more exposure to the hit squad, obviously because, you know, the backseat boys weren't around as long as the hit squad. But, yeah, I'm going to have to say the hit squad. Uh, I got another tag team for you. Young Bucks or the Briscoes, which was a tough one for me. Man, this is going to send me off on a tangent. Um, I got to go with the Young Bucks. Um, I, I really like high spot wrestling. I really do. Um, it's, it's like an action flick to me. Um, people, you know, want to dwell on what's real, what's not. The Irish whip looks retarded. Like, let's cut it out. Um, like what you like. I mean, just enjoy a match for what it is. If you like something that works slow and methodical, then have at it. But, I mean, to discredit the uh, the high spot wrestling for, for what it is and the amount of um, – I mean, it, you got to be really, really fucking on point. I mean, it, if you miss something by, you know, an inch or two, like everything looks like shit. I mean, you see some of the, like, the shindy guys that are trying to do the shit that they see on PWG. It, it looks like fucking horrendous. You know, these guys are working 100 miles an hour and pretty fucking flawless on a lot of it. Um, I The reason I said it as a tangent thing is uh, because I, I saw someone on Facebook who you know, I, I'm good friends with and everything, but he, he called the Young Bucks talentless and, uh, you know, gymnasts and this and that and talentless and horrible wrestlers. And I think that's the most ignorant fucking retarded thing I've ever heard. I, again, I understand if you don't like the style, but this is also a guy that, that is a fan of deathmatch wrestling. And for a guy who like myself, like himself has had to time and time again, explain to people that deathmatch wrestling isn't garbage wrestling just because they're using weapons and this and that it's an art. It's a style. It's something that may not be for you, but it's something that takes a lot of talent, a lot of skill, a lot of precision. Precision is exactly the word I was looking for before. Um, and, what the young bucks bring to the table, I think is, is phenomenal. Um, they've been able to make a career out of themselves without the WWE turning the WWE down on multiple occasions. I don't know that many other indie stars that have shirts and fucking hot topic. I think that's a tremendous accomplishment, um, that they're not attached to TNA. They're not attached to WWE and it's fucking shirts and hot topic. That's crazy. Yes. Yeah. I'd, um, I'd probably agree with you with the young bucks. Overall, I think the Briscoes are, uh, I, I enjoy them more in the ring, but uh, okay. when we take in consideration what the Young Bucks have done, they're really second to none when it comes to indie guys, you know, as far as yeah. how much they've done on the indies with merch, and they, they're really paving the way for a lot of these guys to be able to solely do indies and not have mm -hmm. to go to WWE. I mean, that's, that's, that's fucking ridiculous, you know, even a guy like Kenny, you know, Omega, um, I think he probably owes a lot to the Young Bucks, whether he wants to... Admit it or not, they've kind of paved the way to um, just live off the Indies and do New Japan and Ring of Honor. And yeah. A lot of those contracts, too, dude. I mean, those contracts that were signing with Ring of Honor where they could basically just do PWG, Ring of Honor, and New Japan, mm -hmm. they hadn't done that before, really. I mean, the Young Bucks, you know, paved the way for a lot of these guys to do that. So. Yeah, their business sense is crazy to be able to accomplish what they have. And, yeah, it is kind of unheard of. I mean, in the past, it was kind of the cliche answer to, like, do you want to go to the WWE? You hear on a lot of podcast interviews and they're like, of course, everyone wants to go to the WWE. These were two guys that said, we're all right. Not right now. We're good for now. And, and it's like, what the fucking what? And it's like, no, no, we're good. 
we're, we're making a shitload of money. We're, we're good. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's it's it's crazy, man. You'll never see that, you know, anywhere else. Um, no. The Young Bucks got it, man. Good for them. Uh, yeah. Next one, Adam Cole or Joey Janela? Um, yeah. Uh, I got to go with Janela. Janela is uh, more exciting, I think. I think he's able to do... Um, he's again, you know, I'm a big fan of the spot wrestler stuff and he's a guy who definitely involves a whole lot of spots in his match in order to pop the crowd. Adam Cole, you know, he might just go with like a, a pretty traditional match, do his thing. Um, you know, wrestle a really good match, but you know, maybe he works more towards the heel side of things sometimes and, and isn't really trying to pop the crowd where Janela like always seems to try to do something to make you talk about it. You know, um, I think, it may be going in somewhat of a weird direction at this point where uh, the things he's trying to make you talk about might not be what I want to talk about. Um, like the, the, the thing where he was uh, singing a song about the guy's dick for a while. Like that, that to me is like, all right, uh, just, that's just like the fact that there's like that much of the crowd that's like hanging on his every word. I, I, I don't, I don't, that, that's why I don't attend wrestling shows. Like, there's no way I could be within that group of fans and I go, okay, so are we, are we almost done with this? Uh, like, is this, is he actually going to wrestle that fucking guy I've never heard of over there or, or no? He's just going to talk about his dick? Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, shit. Yeah, I would say Joey Janela. Um, once again, another guy that I think is uh, kind of paving the way for a lot of guys. He's innovative as far as, you know, running his own shows. You know, mm. that, that uh, whether you liked it or not, that spring break show was kind of, you know, got a lot of publicity. Like Rolling Stone was fucking covering it. And he's actually getting his own uh, UK show now. So this is becoming a trend where he's basically like the booker for the show. I also got to add that I think Adam Cole will be more successful, hands down. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying my personal preference. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Adam Cole, I mean, it's hard to argue that. Um, all right, next one. Leo Rush or AR Fox? Hmm. Uh, that's tough. Um, both so talented. I, I gotta go Leo rush and reason is he's younger. Um, I'm sorry the gay porn shit doesn't fly with me. Um, you know, I, I mean, we can pretend like it's just okay. And like, I'm not going to like fuck with the guy forever about it or anything, but like that doesn't just go away in my mind. Like, uh, so what he, so he, he fucked a dude on camera. Like, that's that doesn't go away. Um, you know, Leo Rush might post some shit on the internet that makes me think he's fucking dudes, but AR Fox showed it, like, straight up that there's no disputing it. Um, the uh, Beyond any of that, um, I think Leo being young and already getting an opportunity in the WWE, again, what AR did kind of, fucking painted a ceiling on his career which really sucks for him because he's tremendously athletically talented uh, that dude this guy would be the absolute limit for that dude if it wasn't for his uh his side business that he he did um and uh you know i think that that limits him quite a bit i honestly am a little concerned about i mean i i want to see him in death matches i uh I, I want to see him do that that crazy shit. You know, he took the light tube bump, some random ass show in Maine. He did that cage of death where he's doing fucking nutty shit. I want to see that because he's so tremendously talented athletically. 
adding that into the deathmatch element, I mean, that's going to be fucking entertaining. But as far as a wrestler goes, I would be pretty concerned on how far his career is going to go or, you know, where he's going to wind up if that's what he's resorting to at this point. You know what I mean? Or this many years in, I mean, there's some guys that'll dabble in that type of stuff. They'll do some crazy shit and then they kind of cut it off and be like, all right, let's, you know, let's focus. I mean, this guy should be in fucking Japan and everything else. Um, I heard early on that he went to Japan and, uh, I think something about the smoking weed or something, and they frowned upon that. And so I don't know if the door closed permanently, but there wasn't so much going on there either. I feel like he's painted a couple windows shut, and uh, that's a shame because he's, he's so, so talented. So, I mean, I got to go with Leo. Just his possibilities in the future, what he's done in such a short amount of time, I, I got to go with Leo. Yeah, I would I would definitely go with Leo as well. Um, another guy that's kind of that doing something that's unheard of, which is being the business for like two years and get signed and uh, mm-hmm. do so much in so little time. I mean, this guy was in, you know, Maryland Championship Wrestling training fucking two years ago, and then came to Dojo Wars, and now he's going to NXT. You know, I mean, it's it's, it's hard to argue that. Um, talent wise, I would say they're probably equally as talented. Mm-hmm. I think just what Leo's accomplished within the first two years, um, you can't compare that to AR Fox. I mean, AR Fox, dude, he's not even on Ring of Honor or you know anything like that. Um, which Lucha Underground is cool and everything, but mm. it's they're they're unstable. You know, it's you have to wait every season. Like, oh, are they getting renewed or is this it? Is it coming out on DVD? It's 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 tough to call it. And I'm sure he's making a decent you know chunk of change. They're good for him, but. Leo, I think, is going to be the success story when it comes to these guys. Yeah, because even to say equally talented, you got to factor in how young he is as opposed to Fox. And if he's already equally talented to a guy like A.R. Fox, then holy shit, the possibilities. Yeah. All right, next one. Two legends from two different generations of CZW. Matt Tremont or Sick Nick Mondo? Uh, Matt Tremont, I mean, you know, the amount that he's accomplished and, you know, gone all over the country um, and, you know, won every deathmatch tournament and everything. Nick Mondo never went into that much. Um, You know, it was a different time, so it wasn't as well accepted. I mean, when he went into IWA um, Mid-South, he was kind of like the the CZW guy and CZW was not very liked and. You know, he took his his beating over there, and uh, he was supposed to actually go back, and that was when he retired. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the, the short-lived career, um, and and Matt just he went fucking full blast. He 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 went in there, got his shot, and then just became the guy. Um, you know, Mondo was one of several guys in CZW. I think. The legend of Nick Mondo grew bigger after he was gone more so than it did when he was there. He was over. He was super, super over, but not like from day one till the last. And and Tremont grabbed that shit pretty early and, and often. You know what I mean? And he became the guy, um, you know, during his run and everything. And, and Mondo, again, did. He was over, but, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't say the Mondo was much more over than like the wife beater or you know, Nick Gage at, at certain points, but, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely got to go with Tremont. Yeah. I'd have to agree. I'm going to go with, uh, Tremont as well. Once again, longevity, what he's done, um, as much dedication 
And, and that's another thing. I mean, uh, Tremont was always more dedicated than a sick Nick Mondo. You know, sick Nick Mondo was, sure, he was fully dedicated the first, you know, four or five years he was doing it. But after that, he left. Um, yeah. Now, if we're talking pepperoni Tony versus Tremont, then, uh, I mean, we got a different discussion. Uh, all right, let's go to the next one. You're going to love this one. Uh, DJ Hyde or Danny DeMonto? Dude, I almost wrote this, and then I was like, I don't want to fucking pick this. I don't want to talk about this. Like, this, this is something I don't want to – you motherfucker. Um, I, I mean, I got to go with DJ Hyde. I, I'm going to go with DJ Hyde and then just, just talk about the matches he had with Danny Havoc, as I did before, and um, – that he was he was green, but he was bigger and could fucking manhandle Danny Havoc. And Danny Havoc's introduction to CZW was just showing everybody what abuse he could take. And DJ being completely untalented and unsafe. And Danny Havoc taking every single bit of it. Um, for that reason, that entertainment was, um, was very good. Um, uh, the, the faces that I've I've gotten from him on his shoot interview that I use pretty regularly on Facebook, uh, I'm also a fan of that. I I, I can't put Danny uh, Danny Demano over. I can't can't do it. He's a fucking cornball. He doesn't even walk like a human. Um, and, and he's he's just he's too into his own shit. DJ is too, but at some point he actually got it. He took himself off shows. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I can't, I can't put DJ over too, too much, but I, I'm sure as fuck not putting Danny DeMonto over. Dude, I'd have to disagree. I would definitely put DeMonto over. <laughs> You're a fucking Danny DeMonto guy. Like, nah, you dude. got the fucking t-shirt. I, I mean, I like I like DeMonto. I don't have Danny DeMonto guy t-shirts, but uh, I mean, I love <laughs> it's gonna, GCW. It's to happen, bro. <laughs> I love GCW and everything, but uh, and I can't say I've ever been a fan of, you know, DeMonto in the ring, but I sure as fuck would rather watch the best of Danny DeMonto than the best of DJ. Uh, I, I can tell you that. Watching one of those things. Yeah. Well, I don't. I wouldn't want to watch either one of them. But if I had to, I would. I would certainly choose uh, Demonto over DJ. That, that wouldn't even be a comparison to me. DJ is fucking terrible, dude. I can't. I just can't. Oh yeah, I agree. I mean, what in life would happen that you would have to watch any one of those things? Like, what? What exactly? Like, what kind of fucking Saw movie situation would you be locked into that you would have to watch a fucking Best of Danny Demonto? Like that shit. That sounds like fucking hell. Like a, that's like lose Japanese a bet on the show. Shit. Yeah, I guess. I don't bet. I don't take bets like that. That's like Russian roulette. Like the the downside is way too big. I I took a bet with a boxman, and um I lost. So now I have to do a show where I watch uh two hours of Eric Young matches because I absolutely fucking hate Eric Young. So didn't that bet happen like two years ago and you still didn't fucking pay up yeah, happened a year ago this is this is what happened see this is what i mean like the downside is too big you still haven't done it it's a year that i don't want to do it I fucking hate like it like the best stuff could be hitting like new volumes like they're on volume six and you got to watch all of them like as they come on. all right um next one schlack or nate hatred schlack yeah, I mean, Nate Hatred, um, I like Nate, um, especially within the hate club. Um, that That's, I mean, that's where Nate Hatred's heyday was, was, um, you know, Nick Gage, Nate Hatred. That fucking music would hit. Dumb shit would be happening in the ring. This is what I miss about the fucking hate club. Dumb shit would be happening in the ring. Like, students would start to go too long, like the crowd would be kind of into it. And like, I, I know they legitimately did this on the fly because there would be a match that like started to not go well 
And next thing you know, it would just be like, I'm not the one who's so far. And motherfuckers would come out and just lay people out with clotheslines and chair shots and just fucking. It was like, like the the clown at the Apollo. And they would just fucking violently pull motherfuckers off stage. And then, like, they had a match later on in the night. That wasn't, like, their only reason for being there. There was, like, that was, like, a warm-up or some shit. And, like, it, so many times they did that type of shit. Um, and then Hatred's feud with Gage, fucking incredible. Some of the best shit. Um, one of my favorite tables matches ever was Nick Gage versus Nate Hatred. Um, and that tables match was fucking i think weeks after one of my favorite two under light tube matches which was nick age nate hatred um I, just incredible i mean they fucking mauled each other but schlack has such an over-the-top personality his like i said he's got that ultimate warrior fucking intensity uh the the promo ability is fucking crazy he's out of his mind i mean that's that's what a wrestler is supposed to be. A wrestler is supposed to be on another planet. Like when Macho Man used to cut promos, when Warrior used to cut promos, you'd go like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? But there was no question that he meant every word he was saying, no matter how nutty it was. And that's that's what Schlack brings to the table. You want a larger-than-life character, and it's so fucking rare these days, and Schlack is that guy. I mean, it's it, that's so easy for me. All right, next one. Uh, Teddy Hart or Sanjay Dutt? I mean, Teddy, I mean, again, the, the loose cannon thing, I think, with me goes a long way. And, you know, the unpredictability. Sanjay is, is a machine. Sanjay is a, is a reliable guy. He's going to gum. He's going to give you a great match. And, um, you know, the personality is just kind of eh, it's just kind of there. Uh, he doesn't really jump out at you. You know, I remember back in the day, he'd, he'd wear the pleather pants and shit and he'd do the sprinkler. And that was like the whole of it. It was a, that was, that was his personality. That was all you got. But I mean, in the ring, dude was always great. And, um, yeah, he could put on great matches with anybody. I mean, Ruckus and, uh, saw a match with him and Messiah, um, all sorts of shit I've seen him in. But, um, that, that's kind of where he began and end. Teddy Hart's got, a crazy ass personality. Sometimes it goes for the worst where you're like this jerk off. But on the other side of things, like he, he can really fucking make you feel like it's a shoot. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I mean, sometimes he really has you guessing like, do, do these guys not fucking like each other? And he just randomly starts shit and he's batshit crazy, admittedly. And, um, you know, some of that excitement in wrestling, that, that unpredictability is, is, Almost all that's left as far as the excitement goes for me, because, uh, like I said, I, I just got tired of a lot of the routine. You know, there's the same old like, oh, I've seen this. This is crazy. Wait for this. And I mean, if you can call what's coming, it's, it's not that exciting to me. So uh, Teddy Hart, I, I guess, brings a little bit of that to the table. Or if you left the fucking cat at home forever, I don't want to hear about his fucking breeding cats. That shit turns me off big time. But other than that, Teddy's a. Teddy's an entertaining guy. He's, he's pretty much money otherwise. Yeah, I'd have to say uh, Teddy Hart as well. Um, Sanjay Dutt, he's doing great in uh, Global Force, TNA, whatever you want to call him. But um, 
even now, right now, I'm I'm a bigger Teddy Hart fan than than a Sanjay Dutt fan. So definitely Teddy Hart. Uh, next one. And uh, and and hold on, but because also like Sanjay Dutt, like you said, he's doing good here. He's doing good. Sanjay Dutt's always going to be a better employee. He's always going to be a better you know guy to hire onto your company. Like I wouldn't hire Teddy Hart to rake my fucking leaves because he'd come back and he'd have a fire in the middle of the lawn. Like I found a way to get rid of him. <laughs> you know, like you know. That's that's not the guy you want on your payroll, but as far as a consumer goes, he's fucking entertaining. But all right, go ahead. All right, next one, another tag team, uh, EYFBO or the SAT. I uh, gotta go EYFBO. Um, again, their entertainment value, their their personalities really jump out. Um, man, like some of their interaction with each other, um, I guess. You know, maybe now it's going to come through a little better on TV. I haven't really watched TNA much, but you kind of got to be in like the first two rows or, you know, I got to see a bunch of it shooting ringside for Jersey All Pro. um, Those couple shows, but um, their interactions with each other are fucking classic. Like the dude, the one time guy in the crowd told him, hey, suck my dick. And uh, and uh, Angel was it no mike went over to get him and angel's like dude don't go over there he's gonna make you suck his dick like don't don't fucking do it bro like it just shit like that like comedic stuff like that like they get fucking so into their characters and they're funny fucking dudes and i mean obviously they can go in the ring but like that type of shit they really like would work off of each other like a comedic duo you know and they they really they seem to have a really good time out there. You know what I mean? So it all comes together with them. I think they're one of the best tag teams in the world. And uh, I think it goes further than just wrestling. I think their personalities really jump out. And, um, you know, like sometimes, uh, you know, Angel will do the wiggle thing. And he'll get fucking, he'll get caught up and fucking Michael bitch him out. Like, you know, the fuck, man, with the wiggle, that's. That's where we lose every time. Like, you, you, you didn't have to do that in front of a grown man. Like, you know, I've seen them, you know, do some funny, funny interactions with each other. EYFBO is entertaining as fuck. Entertaining your fucking balls off, as it were. Yeah, that's true. That's true. If you didn't know, that's what uh, EYFBO stands for. Yeah. But um, I'm going to choose the SAT. But uh, before, I, before I explain why, EYFBO, it, uh, it boggles my mind that they started out as solo wrestlers like they're never meant to be a tag team because they do have great fucking chemistry together you know like they really really feed off of each other mm-hmm. and um they work really well together so um eyfbo hands down one of my favorite tag teams right now but overall from you know what sat did for tag teams especially you know spanish tag teams from from uh you know the brooklyn area new york area um i think if there wasn't an sat very well couldn't be a EYFBO, you know. I mean, Amazing Red, SAT, sure. those guys, they they fucking, they really like revolutionized the New York indie scene, um, and they fucking killed it. I gotta say, SAT. Okay. Um, next one was Chris Dickinson and Matt Riddle, which we already went over. Uh, yeah. Trevor Lee or Shane Strickland? Hmm. Um. I think I'm going to exchange Strickland on this one. Um, I like Trevor Lee a lot. His caveman gimmick seemingly got old with me pretty quick. The first couple times I saw it, I thought it was really cool and unique and this and that. But I didn't see that much like variation to it the next couple times I saw him. 
and I haven't seen you know a ton of him, but even within those first couple times, by the third, fourth time I saw him, I was like, um, uh, all right. I mean, this isn't going very far, and there's there's not a lot of words to it. There's not a lot. Um, and, and I saw like a promo or something he did on uh, TNA. Someone sent it to me, like, look at this ridiculous shit, and it, it just looked like I don't know, emotionless. It just didn't look really um, intense to me. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I like Shane Strickland. I always have. Um, and I think he's gotten a million times better. I think he's really coming together with his personality and, uh, it, you know, showing himself well rather than just being like a bland wrestler with a, you know, just basic look. He had a real basic look when he first started. And uh, I think he's he's come into an actual character that I like now. And um, on top of it, he's, he's just gotten better and better at wrestling. So I'm going to go with Shane Strickland. That is a tough one, though, because I think Trevor Lee's awesome. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Shane Strickland definitely uh, is, is coming into his own now, finally, and actually getting a character, you know. The way he dresses now with the glasses and, you know, all that stuff, it all adds to the character. Uh, but I would have to say Trevor Lee, man. I love the the double stomp that he does. And I'm not mm-hmm. a big fan of the double stomps, but he does like the, you know, the springboard, you know, the, the you know Irish whip, and then uh, he does like the fucking double stomp into their chest and like lays them down to the ground. It's, fu- it's fucking crazy. Yeah, the it's fact awesome. that he can like jump that high and jump on somebody's chest and just fucking kill them. Um, I'm gonna have to say Trevor Lee. But, uh, that kick, kick to the, the chest, chest on the apron too. too. A lot of people yeah, are doing it now too, or the like face or chest, whatever he's kicking. I mean, that shit is fucking bananas. Like I love that fucking move. Yeah, nah, he kills it, man. He's uh, he's pretty rough in the ring. He doesn't yeah. look like it, but he's he's pretty fucking stiff. Um, next one, Danny Havoc or Matt Tremont. Um, using a uh, Tremont a lot on this, huh? Uh. It was originally Sick Nick Mondo, and I changed it to Tremont. Yeah, yeah I got to go with Tremont. I mean, yeah, like I said with Danny Havoc, I think you know his lack of charisma throughout is the only criticism I have of Danny because he's always gone all out in the ring. His matches are fucking crazy. He's always been willing to do just crazy, crazy shit that you wouldn't ever dream of. Um, yeah, he started doing those fucking dragon suplexes with the tubes and shit like. I mean, he, he innovated a lot of stuff and started doing crazy stuff. But, I mean, you look at Matt Tremont's promo ability alone. I mean, he, you can't just dismiss that and go like, all right, well, two deathmatch wrestlers and uh, which one do you – I mean, Tremont brings a lot to the table, and I definitely got to go with Tremont. Yeah, I'd agree. Definitely. Uh, Jeff Cobb or Keith Lee? Haven't seen too much of either one of these guys. Um, I've seen a little bit more of Keith Lee and – I'm probably just going to unfairly say Keith Lee because I've seen more of him. Um, I've seen very little of Jeff Cobb and what I saw, I was impressed by, but I don't even know if I've seen full matches of his other than just, uh, you know, a clip of this move, a clip of that move that looked awesome, but I've seen whole matches of Keith Lee that I really liked. So for that reason alone, I'm going to go with Keith Lee. Yeah. I've seen uh not a ton of matches, but I've seen a good, you know, a dozen or so of each at least. And uh, I'd have to say Keith Lee as well. Very uh, similar styles because, you know, both big fucking dudes that are just, at, you know, agile as hell for their size. But um, I'm going to say Keith Lee because uh, that dude, man, for his size, like, if that guy doesn't get signed in the next year or so, man, that's, I mean. Yeah, I don't Keith know Lee's a big green, green mile like a motherfucker, man. Yeah, dude, this guy's <laughs> barrel chest is fuck, man. He's huge. I remember seeing him at Game Changer, and I had never seen him before, never even heard of him, you know? 
And uh, I saw him in the parking lot. And I couldn't believe how big he fucking was. You know, this guy was just towering over me. You know, I, I literally felt like I was just standing next to a fucking building. But uh, Keith Lee, man. Keith Lee, definitely. Um, last one. Toby Klein or Madman Pondo? Toby Klein. I, I never thought Pondo was great. I, I think he's legendary. I think uh, he's crazy. Pondo's more of a character, I think. Um, he's definitely, you know, done nutty shit in the ring. But um, I've never thought he was a great wrestler. I don't think Pondo's ever thought he was a great wrestler. So this, this isn't like a knock of, of any sort. I think Pondo is exactly what you expect Pondo to be. But uh, Toby Klein has done some really, really great shit, um, you know, wrestling-wise. Uh, I mean, he even um, he had a match with uh, John Dahmer. It was really good. I remember it was for like the Iron Man title when they were kind of converting it to more of a strong style title. Um, yeah, that that was good. Um, Toby and Necro versus uh, so many people. I mean, Justice Payne Gage. Um, I mean, the tough, crazy bastards were fucking tearing it up. Um, I mean, you go back to the fucking Toby Klein versus Necro in the first round of the King of the Death match. The one where he like and this is kind of goes back to what necro was too like the announcer said the necro and he couldn't get the butcher before necro was throwing fucking punches and i mean that match he threw a fucking vcr out of the ring and hit necro in the fucking head with it like <laughs> like like a fucking vcr from the ring to the floor and just fucking hit him in the head with it i mean it yeah, I, I Toby Klein hands down. That that dude is fucking nutty. Um, and he he could wrestle too. He could work a hell of a gimmick, and um, you know he could put a match together. Uh, you know, Pondo is Pondo is what Pondo is. Um, it, it's hard to explain. You know, it's it's kind of his own sort of sideshow, and he he puts it together. And he's he's a legend in deathmatch wrestling for what he does. But uh, I gotta go with Toby. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Madman Pondo, man. I mean, uh, terrible wrestler, but uh, <laughs> awful wrestler. But overall, I I remember more of Madman Pondo than uh, Toby Klein. He left more of an impression on me. Um, I did love him and and fucking uh, Necro tag team in NCW though, like you just mentioned. They were mm -hmm. fucking brutal. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Madman Pondo. And uh, that wraps it up for this, man. This was fun, man. We should uh, we should do this once in a while. Yeah, I I like this segment quite a bit. Uh, I I thought it had some potential, and I I think it brought up some great conversation to different matches and you know matchups and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, we'll definitely do this again. I was thinking even try to do this too with uh, rap music. See if we get throw some artists around you know, one of these weeks. Yeah, we'll do this on on slower weeks when there's not uh, too many topics or something. We'll come up with some of these. But uh, real quick, man, I saw Masada was on Facebook. Uh, by the yeah. way, he he loves Facebook Live now. He uh, <laughs> he just sits on there for like three hours straight. Um, <laughs> that was that was brutal. But yeah. uh, Masada apparently wants to get in the ring with Matt Riddle, and uh, yeah. he wants a company to book this. And there you go, man. DJ Hyde commented on this, and he said, "I'm down." And he tagged uh, Matt Riddle in this. Um, I know GCW obviously probably has some interest in doing this. Uh, I, ha I have a feeling this is this is all DJ. This has CCW written all over it. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm very excited for this match. Um, I I definitely think Masada is like I said in the past. When you see Masada matched up against someone, you know 
he's going to fucking make it hard on him. You know, that they're, they're going to have to fight. You know, this isn't going to be an easy match. It's not going to be like, oh, well, that wasn't what I expected. Like, Masada is going to make that fucking match 100% what you, what you paid for. You know what I mean? And uh, he's, he's going to bring it. You know, a lot of people don't understand him. Masada's a black belt. You know, he's not just your average deathmatch wrestler that can throw some punches and this and that. Dude's a fucking black belt, so you can talk all that MMA shit. Masada would love for you to fucking sleep on him. Do me a favor and send Masada some messages on how bad that Riddle's going to kick his ass because it's only going to make the match better and more brutal. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a, a hell of a fucking fight, and um, I, I'm very much looking forward to watching that one. Yeah. Do you think Riddle will take the skewers? Yeah, eh, I think so. I, I think that's more or less like, <laughs> like uh, you're going to wrestle Masada. Just so you know, he does the skewer thing. You're going to take that. <laughs> like, I think so. I mean, I, I'd be surprised if he didn't. I'm, I'm generally not shocked when people take them anymore. Um, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I've heard them. Well, oh, I'm surprised Strickland took him or this one taken. I just with a Masada match. I feel like this, that's going to be part of the gig. I don't know. I, I, I don't so. know, man. I think I think the skewers is still one thing that makes me cringe, no matter how many times I've seen it live on television, whatever the case oh, may be. It's crazy, but he he seems to definitely be able to get people to do them, and I don't think that's so much of a long term like uh, unpredictable risk, like fucking light tubes and shit that could cut you any kind of way, and that's that could be some long term scarring shit. But I think those little holes in your head and stuff are gonna heal up, and it. it it's going to be as if you never did it unless you're doing that monthly. I don't think you're going to have like permanent scarring off of that. So crazy. And I'm sure it hurts like a motherfucker, but I think you can get him to do it. Yeah. I wouldn't even, not even because of the scarring, man. I mean, if I were to get into wrestling, that probably would be one of my only requests is not to take the fucking skewers. I just can't see myself just having fucking multiple skewers just bashed my, and he fucking like, he gets them in there, man. You know, oh, yeah. it's not like, you know, he's not fucking around. This guy's got to get oh, yeah. in there. So, uh, I don't know, man. I, I feel like he'd take it since he took the tubes. He took barbed wire. But uh, this one would still shock me. I mean, David Starr, Shane Streckland, all those guys taking it didn't really surprise me. Uh, Matt Riddle will surprise me because that guy, he's a, he's a big name. He doesn't need to do it. You know what I mean? Like, he'll still get booked. He'll get booked anywhere. And mm-hmm. he, he never has to do skewers. So if he doesn't, I'd honestly be surprised. Okay. Yeah. Um, I heard uh, Joey Janela on Sam Roberts' podcast, which is, you know, good for him because good exposure. A lot of people, you know, may not know him. Um, Sam Roberts was at the CZW show, was at Once in a Lifetime. Um, I don't know if you remember him from back in the day going to, like, Jersey All-Pro and PWS and all that stuff. But he's he's pretty much disappeared from the indies for the most part since he uh, started messing with WWE. So, uh, you know, it was a big show when, uh, this guy came out for it, right. but, um, yeah, definitely good exposure for Joey Janela. One thing I want to point out from that interview was, um, him, uh, talking about obviously the no selling of the power bomb through the table. Uh, Sam Roberts brought it up. He said, a lot of people are pissed off about it. How do you feel about it? This whole, you know, you went out there with the whole, you know, kill the business thing. Um, and I think Joey kind of made a good point, man. He, uh, he basically said, you know, Leo, was gonna no sell something it wasn't necessarily that spot um he wanted to no sell a big spot and they never planned to go off of the ladder through the tables that was just like on the fly they were supposed to do it off the turnbuckle 
And um, Leo didn't want to take it. He, he Originally, it was supposed to be a pack of po- package uh, pile driver. And uh, he wouldn't take it from the top of the ladder through two tables because, you know, the guy's going to NXT in two weeks. So, like, last thing he wants is a fucking broken neck right. uh, in front of these people. So um, he said he'll take a powerbomb. So he did the powerbomb. And uh, Joey didn't know he was no-selling it because if you watch the video, Joey's selling him, giving him the powerbomb. And this guy pops up faster than him. So when he got up, he was kind of shocked that uh, he no-sold it. But um, he made a good point of, you know, back in the day, it was totally okay for uh, Hulk Hogan to get up from, you know, the Macho Man elbow and no-sell the shit out of everything. And he said, uh, you know, in 2017, like, like, you know, a powerbomb off the top of a ladder is somewhat similar to what, you know, a Macho Man elbow would be in 87. Um, I want to get your thoughts on that. Because I know we talked about it last week. Neither of us were, like, offended by it, but we weren't a big fan of it. No. But, um, I think that's ridiculous, that fucking comparison. I mean, Hulk Hogan kind of made a fucking career off of shaking his finger at people, punching him, and then fucking hulking up. And, I mean, I don't, I don't think fucking Leo Rush has the same gimmick as, as fucking Hulk Hogan. Um, you know, and, and no selling, you know, in that aspect, you know, of what they were doing, I, I think is a little bit different. This was kind of random to me. I mean, I know they had a feud and everything else. And again, like I'm a big fan of the the Japanese no sell fucking, you know, Saito suplex on his fucking head. And he fucking rolls through, pops up, screams at him and drills him with a forearm. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not against it. I'm really not. The, the fact that it was like into something like the into a table, I, I just think devalues the fucking table a little bit. You know what I mean? It's that that's supposed to be something that's more dangerous where really like it comes down to it. It's kind of breaking your fall. You know what I mean? I mean, if you want to start to expose things and it, it might be a little bit, I don't know if it's safer, but at times it kind of breaks your fall from a height, you know, rather than just hitting the mat, you know? So I don't know if we want to just go, you know, that far into things where like maybe when he gets drilled to the fucking table, he'll just nip up and maybe. And again, like if it becomes the thing to do and it becomes like a regular thing, like kill the business. Oh, here I go again. Watch this, you know, and I, I just hate when that ball starts rolling and they think it's a cool thing to continue to do. Um, you know, the uh, and then it, and then it's like, yeah, well. The fans saw you just fucking take that power bomb through the table, and it—I mean, you bounced up off of it. Why is the next one laying you down forever? I don't know. Well, I, my only issue wasn't just the no selling of the table; it was also the height. You know, it wasn't just the tables; it was from fucking yeah, was, ceiling, basically. You know? Yeah, it was fucking nutty, and you know, this this whole fucking uh, Macho Man Hogan, they, yeah, that's like DJ saying fucking Dojo Wars is NXT. Like, settle the fuck down. Like, it's it's not the same thing. Uh, another news: Gabe Sapolsky is getting the NXT creative tryout, which I'm sure he's gonna get the job. He's already been, you know in that circle for, for a pretty long time, ever since Paul Heyman went back. Yeah. Um, it's a good friend, man. I'm sure he'll probably do some some good stuff. He's got a good eye for talent. You know, the guy's been around ECW since fucking mid-'90s, and uh, he's been around wrestling forever, so. And, you know, since DJ was letting him walk around in the locker room and, um, you know, get people's numbers and fucking – hand out fucking flyers and, and, you know, hook up connections with people to book them right out from under DJ's fucking nose in his locker room with permission. 
I'm sure this will all pay complete dividends and, and he'll, he'll fucking hook DJ up as soon as he gets there. <laughs> yeah. DJ's going to be staring at his phone for a long time waiting for that call. Wait, <laughs> oh, change his number? What the fuck? Do you see uh do you see other companies using Teddy Hart or Nick Gage anytime soon or do you think they're going to be like solely GCW guys? Um I'm sure other places want to use Gage. I'm sure other places want to use Gage. Um, On Point Wrestling has used Gage already. Gage is like tweeting people that uh, I think Progress had a show somewhere. I don't even know where the fuck Progress runs. I thought it was overseas. It's in New York this week, I think. Okay. Tonight, actually, yeah. He was like tweeting them like, hey, I heard you're down a guy on the the card. Uh, I'm in the area, motherfucker, whatever. Like, uh, okay, so this is how he's getting bookings, I guess. Um. I, I got to imagine that he's desperate for bookings. I mean, if this guy is not going to have a regular job and he's just going to wrestle, I don't think GCW is going to like support the guy. Um, so you could be loyal as much as you want. Maybe if he doesn't want to work CCW as a thing to GCW, fine. But if all he's going to do is wrestle, he better pick up some fucking bookings. And I'm sure a lot of places want to use him. Teddy, Teddy's Teddy, man. Like he, He's burned a lot of fucking bridges. And, you know, Jersey All-Pro use him. Uh, I don't think CZW is into using Teddy Hart. Um, you know, I don't think PWG is into using Teddy Hart. Um, they got enough going on that they don't need his shit. Um, so I don't know. I, I think like he's kind of burned the bridges he burned. Maybe there's a couple avenues open. You know, maybe he could work himself back in here or there. But I, I think it is what it is with Teddy Gage. I think there's a lot of places that still want to book him, and it's just a matter of him working it out with him. Well, see, what the, the thing with Gage is he was always like a CZW guy. He wasn't really doing any other shows, you know. He, he would do Jersey All-Pro here and there. But mm-hmm. um, during like, the heyday of CZW, he wasn't really doing any anything else. But uh, when he got out of jail, he was doing like, you know, Beyond Wrestling. He was planned for Jersey All-Pro when uh, Fat Frank was still alive. I remember uh, right. Frank put up like a picture full of tubes and like tagged Nick Gage in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah. yeah, On Point he's done. I mean, he's definitely going to do On Point. I'd like to see him back and beyond. I think that's going to happen sooner than later. And I'm sure Jersey All-Pro next show. Uh, I know Schlack already, you know, when he was on our show, he, he mentioned that uh, he's in talks with Jersey All-Pro. So Schlack and Jersey All-Pro, man, I would fucking, I would love that shit. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens with them. But, yeah, Teddy Hart, I don't I don't really see doing anything else. Uh, maybe like a WrestlePro or something. They like bringing in weird names. You know, PWS used uh, Teddy Hart not too long ago, I believe. So probably those guys, but. I don't really see too many other companies doing that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that. We had a question on the on the Facebook. Um, they wanted to know, what do you think is the best indie company putting out like a monthly product? Do you think it's a Ring of Honor, New Japan? I saw a Wrestle Circus being thrown out there, CZW, uh, PWG, Progress I saw somebody mentioned. Uh, I'm not too familiar with Progress. I can't really say that. But... Uh, I don't think it's fair to put New Japan in there. I, I, I really don't. I think they're kind of the WWE Japan. Um, I think they stand uh, you know, above everything else that's going on in Japan as far as exposure and just popularity and stuff. So I don't really think it's fair to put them in there. I mean, if you're going to, they got to be it. Um, but besides that, you know, if, they, if they're not in there, I got to say PWG. I mean, they, they consistently sell out houses. They have celebrities showing up there for the spectacle that it is. And 
PWG is is a big big thing. Yeah, I would definitely say uh, PWG, and uh, close second is probably AEW. They've been uh, yeah been putting on some real crazy shit. Absolutely, insane insane cards. Yeah, um, really good shit. And then other than that, I think the only other thing we got uh, is a Joe Gacy situation. Yeah, let's just real quick on this because I mean, how how much time could we spend on it? Obviously, it's a fucking work. I mean, come on. DJ like misspelled the fucking tweet said some old dumb shit like uh, you're fired and didn't even use the right your you know um, and it, oh and happy birthday because it was his birthday or whatever and and then they like it's like haha that's funny no that's how they launched the fucking angle of him being fired fuck out of here so then Joe Gacy decided like alright I'm gonna do another Facebook live at 11 o'clock to discuss my being fired and he's like seriously talking about it like yeah i've done so much for them and i guess this is it and it's like what the fuck like what kind of fans do you guys have that you're actually taking this dumb misspelled tweet angle bullshit seriously and people are going like that's fucked up joe oh man or or like please tell me this isn't a work it's like dude I can't even con- I can't even converse with people who think that's legitimate. I can't. I, I there's no way for me to do it. I, I just it's fucking crazy. And now DJ Hyde started. He posted some shit like, um, I'm thinking about doing like a daily or weekly uh, video chat, kind of Facebook Live, uh, to talk about Wurzling or however weird fucking ridiculous way he spelled wrestling with his fist and because uh, i'm convinced that sometimes he just punches his phone and sees what happens with the letters and uh wurzling and um and it's like all right so he's gonna start doing facebook live i mean i i find it hard to believe that this has nothing to do with the joe gacy thing you know because gacy's so proud of himself with the facebook live so i don't know it's all ridiculous there's nothing it's going to turn into that the fans are going to like so, it is what it is. I, I don't know. I, I, what's your thoughts on it? Uh, obviously not a big fan of this. I think it's it's pretty obvious that it's a fucking work. Anybody that does not realize it's a work, uh, probably check in somewhere. You know, you got some major issues, man. I mean, I don't really think someone's getting fired on fucking Twitter. Um, believe me, DJ Hyde is not firing anybody on Twitter. Uh, as far as the whole angle. Um, you know, he comes on, on Facebook, you know, he, he, I, I said a comment, I can't even remember off the top of my head what I said on the Facebook, but, uh, you know, he commented on there like, like, oh, well I'm in this group too. Cool. Like, you know, like as if, as if like, I'm surprised that he's in there and he, he fucking like, he misspelled that shit too. Like he said, it's almost like you had to understand what the sentence that it looked like. So like, I'm in this, uh, I forget the sentence, but it didn't make any like English sense. But that's what he was going for. Oh, I'm in this group too, yeah. Yeah. And, like, dude, we do, like, a podcast. So, I mean, clearly anything that I, I, I say on Facebook or on this podcast is for the public to see. It's not like I'm hiding anything. Right. We're a fucking show that I'm going live on the air. So, uh, I mean, for you to read one of my comments, it doesn't surprise me. I, uh, you know, Boxman and I run the fucking Facebook. I know who's on there. So, like, if you request yeah. to get on there, I know Joe Gacy's on there. Um, so it's, it's not a surprise. I know you're there. It's, it's fine. And the funny thing is like, 
Yeah, I think the comment that I had said was, I think it's ridiculous that he said, you know, I've been loyal to CZW. I've never sold out the company. And it's like, yeah, dude, well, you didn't have a choice. You know, like yeah, if you had a choice, no one called you'd be you. gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no like, one called you. You didn't say, no, thanks. I don't like money. Right. And then once I said that, he was like, no, you're right. I probably would. It's like, yeah, no right. shit, dude. Everybody would. What do you mean? Who's going to stick around CZW making 50 bucks on a hot dog when you can go to fucking Ring of Honor or New Japan? Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the one dude, uh, Chris, said, uh, yeah, you know, something about the fans. Something about the fans reacting wrong. So, you know, they don't like this and they don't like that. So I don't blame the guys for leaving. And it's like, wait. You don't think for one fucking minute that DJ Hyde called these guys for a booking and they're like, nah, man, I don't like the way your fans react to my shit, bro. I'm I'm going to I'm going to pass like, no, they were stopped being booked or had other bookings and weren't available. That's like as simple as it goes. It's really not like they're like, you know what, man, your crowd is shitty. I don't like the way that they talk to me. I'm not showing up anymore. It's like, well, that's what you get, fans. You don't know what you fucking want, so he, I don't blame him for not coming back. Like that's not the way it works. It's not like your girlfriend. It's 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 the fucking it's a business. Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. I don't I don't know how anybody's uh, invested in this emotionally at all. Um, and again, this I mean, after the Onita show, you it, you have a good idea of the direction of the you know new CZW without the barbed wire logo is headed towards. You know, and I'm I'm not a fan of it. I like how I like how Gacy said in clear fucking English, you want to take the barbed wire out of the logo? I'm going to put it fucking back in and I'll put your fucking announcers through the shit and everything. And, and then he's like, now, look, I'm not the guy to bring barbed wire back into CZW. That's not what I meant. It's like, well, maybe you should have fucking wrote it down and read it to yourself in the mirror before you walked out there. Maybe you read it to your mom on Facebook Live or, or something before you walked out there and said that shit and then had to re-clarify on Facebook. Like, I didn't really mean, like, barbed wire. Like, I'm not, like, all about barbed wire. So, like, don't think that, like, I'm going to start doing a bunch of death matches because I used to do them and I didn't really like that. So I'm not really, like, into doing that. However, I know I said that, but, like, maybe you took it the wrong way because I said exactly that. So on second hand, uh, yeah, maybe it was a bad fucking promo altogether. And, and like <laughs> back to the fucking drawing board, like Wiley Coyote, like you, you ordered the wrong shit from Acme. You know, <laughs> it's, it's terrible. It's just terrible. This is coming from the same guy that used light tubes about two, three months ago in a Facebook angle. Right. I don't do death matches anymore unless I'm in my yard with Joe Attell doing light tube spots <laughs> so it is what it is uh the last quick topic uh, I, want, I want to hit on before we get out of here we've got about five minutes left before we hit the two-hour mark uh all right so basically in virginia a bunch of nazis a bunch of fucking ku klux klan members gather together now granted this has been known for a few months that this rally is being held today um it's on a school campus it's in i believe it's in charlesville Carolina, some, some Virginia, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's basically, you know, KKK members that have taken their masks off, which a lot of people are surprised by. I'm, in fact, I'm happy about that because I want to know what the fuck you look like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I want to know who the fuck you are so I cannot be around you. So I'm not in no way offended that, oh, look at these fucks. They got balls now to come and take the fucking mask off. No, I want you to take the mask off so I know who the fuck you are. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I can stay away from that shit. 
Uh, three people so far got murdered because some fucking dickhead decided to fucking just pile through a fucking crowd with a car, which I knew was going to happen because uh, BuzzFeed was going live earlier. Um, mm-hmm. And I'd rather watch that than one CNN or, or whatever they want to put out because, because, you know, the live feed is what you actually get. And nothing is edited. And uh, a lot of the people on the street were saying, hey, like a lot of those, uh, I think they call them like leftists. They're all mm-hmm. uh, they're on cars, you know. Be careful so you don't get run down. And then what do you know? Two hours later, uh, one of those guys runs down a whole fucking crowd and kills three people. And apparently mm-hmm. the the person's been uh, the suspect has been charged with murder now. So that's good. So fuck this guy. But um, your overall thoughts on this whole thing, man? Because I'm fucking just disgusted by this actually happening in in 2017. And you know what? If if there was a bunch of minorities doing this, dude, there would be guns drawn. The fucking cops would be out there. These cops are just fucking chilling. You know what I mean? And I saw yeah. I saw a comment on Facebook, which, you know, was supposed to be funny, but it's 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 kind of accurate. And it said, "What do you think these cops are gonna do? Arrest their own cousins?" Mm. And it's like, a, yeah, it's a small town. They probably, yeah, some of them are probably related. Yeah, you know, and it's one thing, you know, if you're defending some kind of nonviolent protest or whatever, these dudes are showing up with like water bottles full of cement and shit. What the fuck do you think that they're there for? That's not just some shit you bring out to like fucking hang out with your friends. Like there, there's some major fucking hate based fucking things going on here. And, you know, they're out there with their fucking citronella candle fucking tiki, tiki torches. I, I, I can't stand these motherfuckers. These people should be wiped off the fucking planet. I, I didn't hear about one of them running a car into a crowd before i heard that i was hoping for someone to run a car through their fucking crowd with their fucking citronella candles i really hope a fucking mosquito gets pie one of their fucking citronella candle fucking things happens to have the zika virus shrinks their motherfucking head to the size of their brain and they gotta walk around the rest of their life looking like fucking beetlejuice um i i can't stand these motherfuckers man this is this is the type of shit that like you know, I've always said that words only fucking carry the power you give them. So when it comes down to someone said this word or that word, and now you want to suddenly say, oh, that guy's racist because he said faggot. Like, that guy, you know, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, that guy I was repeating a rap song and, 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 you know, he said some shit. He's fucking racist. Like, I think there's real racism out there, real violent hatred that's out there and this is the type of shit that needs to be addressed not just pulling one thing out of context and saying that's fucking we need to act on it and you know there's real real shit going on like this and i think this should be fucking addressed by the government i think um uh, trump has an uh, has um called out black lives matter movements saying that you know they they are they should be investigated and they're, they're this and that well this shit should be fucking labeled as as tremendously negative and do all the investigations you need to do on this because this is resulting in violence without question there's no there's no positive side to this argument other than like they hate everything that's not their color it's it's not a reasonable argument it's not like oh, i'm just gonna state my opinion on how i want to remove other races from the planet like whoa, 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 whoa like i don't know i don't know if that just falls under the category of opinion i'm pretty sure that's a threatening fucking uh stance to take and i i think when you take threatening stances i think there should be action to follow it um you know when you got a president that's going on the news and going uh, talking about Kim Jong-un and going, let me hear him say it. 
Let me hear him say, and you'll see what happens. You'll see what happens. Just let me, no, 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 no. Let me hear him say it. Let him say, let him say one more fucking thing. And we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I mean, this is the type of shit the president is saying on the fucking news. So when it comes to this type of hatred that's just out there in the open, he needs to be pretty blatant, pretty uh, firm about what's going on in his own country. And I think he needs to take a pretty big stance and completely put his foot down on this shit not being acceptable. So I, that that's my because that's a threat against people within our own country. You're talking about Kim Jong Un threatening us from another country about shit that he probably can't fucking accomplish no matter how bad he wants to. There's people that are pushing hate within our own country is being allowed and they do pose a threat to our citizens. So that's that's what I feel. I, I think it should absolutely be addressed and handled as such. Terrorists, terrorists within our own country. Yeah, and, and that's 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 a good word because I was going to bring that up. I don't see how this is any different than any other kind of terrorism. And this hasn't been labeled as terrorism, but that's essentially what it is, you know? And uh, these dudes, I mean, you mentioned the cement in bottles. They showed up with fucking shotguns and, you know, M16s and all kinds of crazy shit. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, you're not coming here to fucking, you know, walk around kumbaya, my lord, bullshit. Like, you're, you're here to fucking fight. You're not... You're not here to get on CNN, man. You're you're here to fucking cause a riot. That's what you're doing. Now I know I'm not supposed to like um encourage violence or anything, but when they're all standing in a large group with their fucking tiki torches, I would love so much for someone to stand on a roof with gasoline and a super soaker, and, and just you know figure out the rest. Dude, that's that would actually be brilliant. <laughs> I'm surprised somebody didn't do that. Uh, you know, again, I didn't think of it. Uh, you didn't hear from me. Oh, yeah, if you're in the area. Yeah, that's what I said. I just, I'm just fucking just disgusted by. Saw it on South Park. There you go. Because um, you know, if if, and, and one more thing I want to mention real quick with the whole Black Lives Matter with them label them as as a gang now. I'm not a black person. My mom is married to a black guy. My sister's black. You know what I mean? I've 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 a ton of black friends. I've dated mm-hmm. black girls for the most part of my life. I just. I don't really think it's a it's a negative thing at all. Clearly, all they're saying is like, "Hey, cops are killing us for no reason. Our lives matter." It's not they're not saying your life's your life doesn't matter because you're a white person. They're just saying our lives matter too. Like we're just getting fucking killed out here for no reason, you know. I mean, the only thing I you know I don't want to go into a whole thing here, but the only thing I didn't agree with the Black Lives Matter movement is when it became somewhat militant and it became like us versus the police. There's no winning that situation, and I think that's gonna just kind of you know push things in a in a more hostile situation. You know, because there's not a point where the police are going to sit down and go, all right, guys, you, you guys uh, take over. You know, we don't want to offend anybody here. I mean, they, they still have to do their job. So if it becomes a stance where it's us against us in any stint, you know, any type of lineup, any kind of, you know, race, any kind of this, if it ever becomes us versus them, it, that's it's not a good solution. You know what I mean? So that's that's the one thing that I I kind of disagree with when they. You know, they, they take a stance against the police. I understand you want to change some things, and I'm sure there's ways to do that, and awareness is definitely a big part of it, but uh, us versus them is a is a bad, bad thing to do. One last quick little uh, clip I'm going to play before we, uh, we head out on the show. Uh, Donald Trump, they asked him about, are we going to war with Korea? And uh, 
are we going to war with Korea? And this guy's fucking response is, I think you know the answer to that. I don't see how the fuck a president can just say some shit like this and it's not all over the news and it's just so fucking socially accepted that in 2017, this, uh, this celebrity, not a politician, a fucking celebrity, the guy that hosted WrestleMania 4 and 5, WWE Hall of Famer, is in charge of a fucking country and basically yeah. said we're going to war. It's funny. I, I went and saw Bill Burr on Thursday. He was fucking awesome. Uh, he had Paul Verzi as his opener, and Paul uh, actually talked on it. He's like, look, he's like, I'm not going to take sides or anything like that, but our president on one side of things is talking about his policy, and then he's like fucking tweeting at Triple H. I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to be cutting promos on professional wrestlers in the middle of your campaign. Kind of scares me a little bit. Maybe you want to stay on track. And yeah, he does. He straight up talks like a professional wrestler. Like, he, he cut some better promos than the fucking wrestlers out there. Maybe they should take notes. But it's scary because he's not going to, like, break character and go back into a normal person. This is what we have. So, fucking, yeah. But uh, with that said, I think uh, we're about to wrap it up, man. We did a good two hours. I'll play this clip at the end of the show. And uh, we'll be back next week. Check us out on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Um, J-Cat is off of Blog Talk right now. He'll be back shortly, I guess, in a few weeks. But meanwhile... Check them out on the archives on iTunes, Yakuza Kick Radio. Check out THT Podcast on iTunes. And uh, show some love on Facebook and all that good stuff. Share, subscribe, leave a goddamn review. Whatever you want to do, we'll be back next week. Peace. Okay, nobody loves a peaceful solution better than President Trump, that I can tell you. Hopefully it'll all work out. But this has been going on for many years. Would have been a lot easier to solve this years ago before they were in the position that they're in. But... We will see what happens. We think that lots of good things could happen, and we could also have a bad solution. But we think lots of good things can happen. What would be a bad solution, sir? I think you know the answer to that. When you say bad solution, are you talking about war? Is the U.S. going to go to war? I think you know the answer to that.